Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Schimmel, your host for today's episode. Uh, today, we're talking with a really good friend of mine, Mike O'Dowd. Mike and I are going to have a conversation around his transition into, during, and out of the Navy and talk a lot about what it looks like for him as well as other veterans to uh, discover, rediscover purpose in their lives. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thanks, Mike, for being on the show, the Useful Show. Yes, Scott. Thanks for having me. All right, we're diving in, and uh, I know we could talk about this for hours, but in a, in a nutshell, um, I know you've had this question before. You've been through the U-School program before, so here's the question. Mike, would you tell us, tell us your story, and particularly what led you to go to the Navy? What led you into the military? So I, I guess since I was 13... Uh, I remember watching on the Discovery Channel um, a documentary about being a Navy SEAL, and it always appealed to me to do something that was at that kind of a level. Um, you know, the word elite, um, being the best, the, those things were always appealed to me. And, you know, growing up in a, in a liberal family, in a, in a liberal neighborhood, the military was not... Hmm like a you know the great option no, nobody i knew joined the military it wasn't the thing to do so i always wanted to be a part of this community that seemed you know to fit my lifestyle and, and what i wanted and i always wanted to serve uh, a greater purpose than myself but i really got hung up on 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 the culture so hmm. when i i went to college sorry 9-11 happened when i was in high school a senior in high school okay and i wanted to you know, drop out of high school and join the military. Well, I was convinced otherwise by my parents. Huh. <laughs> uh, after graduating high school, I wanted to then join, but my parents convinced me to go to college. And halfway through college was uh, the initial invasion in Iraq. And when I saw that on TV, I thought, man, this is really my time to go. Hmm. Instead, I was convinced again to stay in school. What was it? Was it a sense of patriotism? Was a sense of a revenge with a sense of service like do you remember it, it was a sense of 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 service to something that was more important than anything i could think of there were people fighting and dying for our country mm. and who, who better to send than me is was my mentality like i'm extremely capable and I'm ready for this fight. I'm ready, ready for, to be put in that kind of a situation. Hmm. Um, able-bodied people, this is, this is who you want to send. And I just kept, I, I didn't quite have the courage to sign up when I did. And, you know, hmm. in hindsight's twenty twenty. It was probably good for the timing. I personally, what I ended up waiting. Um, but when I graduated from college and I was looking for work, that was kind of when I got that, that feeling of, wow, it's time, time to carve out my own path okay. and do what I want to do. And, and what I wanted to do, well, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the best at something. Hmm. And I wanted to 
be on that front line and really, really test myself and, and, um, help my, help my country and, you know, be a part of something that's bigger, bigger than me. What were you, what what were you supposed to do? What, from college, from your parents, like what was the path that you were on before you thought about the military? I I was on the path to more school. I, I had applied to law school. Um, that, that was the path my, my parents wanted for me. It was law school or hmm. taking, taking a, a quote-unquote normal job. Uh-huh. Um, and it just never really appealed to me. The things that appealed to me were being outside, being hmm. active. Um, I always loved being in the water. I loved you know, uh, wrestling, fighting, sports. And that community just it, it kept calling to me. And, and you know... I'm so thankful I ended up doing it because it, it proved to me, yes, this, this was the right community for me. This was exactly mm-hmm. what I was looking for. What, um, so if you can remember, what were the first, I don't know, the first few weeks, few months being the Navy like for you? Did you, was it everything you thought it would be? Were you surprised by things? Like what, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, no, absolutely not. It was nothing like what I expected. <laughs> um, you know, in boot camp, it was it was just a joke. Um, people yelling at you, completely disorganized, <laughs> just doing things to do them, no having no points. Um, but then I ended up going to buds uh, or the the basic uh, training for to be a Navy SEAL, and that's when I really found oh th- this is what I came here to do. Hmm. What was that? Uh, that was training to go take the fight to the enemy. Okay. And, and that, that was my purpose. I, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't train to go um, put on a uniform and, and look pretty. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went to training to take the fight to the enemy hmm. and I, I actually make a difference. Did you fit in there? I, I, I felt like I did. I felt like I did. Yeah. Yeah, the connections and the friends, uh, everyone seemed so like-minded. Not not in the sense that there there wasn't diversity. There was there was great diversity. People from all walks of life, but there was there was a commonality in in the mission. Everyone was part mm. uh, of the same mission, and they had the same goal in mind. And that that was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I don't know how to ask this question. This might be kind of a weird sounding question, but. Being in the SEAL teams, did that, did it help you, did it change you or did it give you the context to be the real you? Or maybe it's both. That's a great question. I used to think that it created me. Huh. But then when I became an instructor, um, I started realizing through watching these students from their backgrounds. They're just impressive backgrounds. People, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, from all walks of life, but they're all just, you know, the top of their classes. They're the best athletes, the the best Mm -hmm. performers. Um, I really believe that the people that go into the teams in that particular branch, they are the best at what they do and and, and the best type of minds and and athletes. Mm the teams, the teams, uh, help mold that person and they mm. gives them, give them the confidence that, Oh yeah, they are that person. Um, 
I, I don't believe the team teams make them, but they, they definitely do uh, chisel them out and, and refine them. Mm. What were the most significant parts for you in terms of looking back now that you've transitioned to civilian life? What, what, what about your time in the Navy was most significant? If there's like a, if there's a timeline in your Navy career that sticks out, whether, you know, for better and for worse, these are the real marks on you. What, what were they? First and foremost, my teammates, um, the people you work with ultimately shape you into who you are. And when you surround yourself with like-minded individuals who are of, you know, the, the top caliber at whatever they do, it, it really instills uh, this competitiveness of, I want to be like that guy. I, I, I've always wanted to be better because I look at my peers and I say, wow, that guy's really good at this. I want to mm-hmm. be just like him. Um, it's not like that in all communities. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that was the most important lesson was, was from my teammates. But, but then as an instructor as well, you learn so much from, from the students who are ultimately going to be your teammates, but mm. learning, learning from them, their own questions, it, it really makes you a better person, a better leader. It makes you a better father even. Hmm. What do you mean? Um, understanding how to lead men hmm. and, and lead, quite frankly, alpha males. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes you a better person because you, you, you can't, you can't just make stuff up. You have to, <laughs> you have to be an expert. Yeah. And if you don't know something, you have to own it and say, mm. I don't know that. I'll find that out for you. But they will, they will call you out and they will constantly test you mm. to, to make sure you're on top of your game. Because you know, if you're not, they're gonna, they all want to be you or they want to be better than you. So it really forces you to, to step up your game. That is something I've noticed that is, I think, extremely unique uh, to your community. I, I think I've noticed the, like you said, the, the alpha males, extreme confidence, uh, but also the extreme humility. That's like so rare to find in anybody, not to mention like a bunch of people. Um, that seems to be like one of the most, for me, one of the most striking things about having interacted with a bunch of you guys. I completely agree. The, for, for the most part, there's, there's always, there's always bad apples. Sure. Um, and, and you know, whether it's posting things on, on social media or bragging to their friends, mm-hmm. but in, in general, you know, in, in the, in the military, you get incredibly passionate and incredibly talented people mm. who don't often talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, just, incredibly accomplished war heroes and, and they don't, they don't talk about what they do and hmm. they, they, they tend to close their mouths and listen. And, and that's, that's a quality that a lot of people, especially millennials, yeah. they, they, they don't, they don't do that. They, it's always about me and what can I get and, and how can I contribute? But sometimes you just need to, you need yeah. to sh- shut up and listen. <laughs> I, I, I've definitely learned that in, in, uh, in the military. It could be the title of your book at some point. <laughs> That's, I, I think I, I, writing a book would, would seal, seal my fate. <laughs> okay, so you, you're no longer in the Navy. What, why did you get out? What for you? Obviously, everyone's got their own story around transition. What, what was it for you? 
ultimately it was, it was my family, my, my kids. I, I had done one deployment with, um, without kids. Mm-hmm. My, my wife at the time was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was hard enough not, not being with your loved ones. But yeah. my next deployment, my daughter was uh, maybe a year and a half, two years old. And mm. I missed a, a good seven-month portion of her life that I, I can't get back. And I remember when that happened, I thought, man, I, I do not want to do this again. Mm. Now, I, I wanted to deploy. I did not want to leave her again. Sure. Um, so I did an, an instructor duty for a while. And then when the time came to have that conversation a few years later of do we get out or do we, do we stay in ultimately for the family, it was the best to get out. I, I, I wouldn't want to drag them through that again. Yeah. 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 What, what was hard about leaving for you? Cause I remember getting to know you around that time that you, you seem to really love, especially your instructor role. Mm-hmm. What was hard for you to leave? It, just that the, the importance of your mission, the, when you're, when you're instructing, it kind of caught me off guard because I thought it was going to be a really cushioned job where I just had to sit around and tell people what to do. And <laughs> it, it, forced, it forced me to be more on my game than ever before. And mm. uh, I had accountability to way more people than I, I did before. Mm. You know, in, in a, on a deployment, I'm accountable to myself and my, and my teammates. Yeah. Now I'm accountable to, to the entire community because I'm, I'm helping shape the force mm. and the, yeah. and the future, future soldiers. So um, leaving that was, it, to be honest, it was terrible. It, mm. I did not want to leave that. Uh, I, I miss it to this day, mm. you know, the, serving that purpose. So the biggest struggle to the, to the transition process was regaining that purpose Hmm. and how do you do that what what was your transition like what did you do through your transition tell us about that this is switching gears a little bit but tell us about how you transitioned what that was like transitions probably the worst time of my life this uh i'd say the last year um was was my transition and Hmm. it's it's ongoing but it, it really is it's not just a, a job change. It's an entire lifestyle change. Hmm. Everything from who you are and your identity to how you dress, mm-hmm. how, how you interact with other people, how you identify yourself. Um, it's just so incredible and, and challenging. It started, uh, you know, I got an incredible job opportunity in Los Angeles and uh, about a month after I got out. So there was that initial stress of, will I have income? Yeah. There's a, there's a finite, you know, there's an end end date to when you can serve and you can't look for a job until that date. Mm -hmm. So thankfully I got, I got a great role um, within a month, but the first thing we had to do was pack up and move. Wow. We'd move from San Diego to Los Angeles, and we never thought we'd do that again. Hmm. Ad- adjusting to everything from the cost of living to where your mm-hmm. kids are going to go to school mm-hmm. to your daily routine, traffic, etc. And then in the day-to-day of, of the work role, it was you're at a new company and you're identified as the SEAL. 
or, mm. or the soldier and, yeah. and, and, but you're not that you're, you're, uh, you're a project manager or you're an huh. accountant or, and having your new coworkers identify you as, as that military member, it, it's tough because you, you have, you, you have to rebrand yourself, but mentally you haven't rebranded. Yeah. Mentally you still are that soldier. Yeah. So you just have this almost fake title huh. of this is who I am, but almost like in happy Gilmore when they <laughs> talks about, I'm a hockey player, but I'm here to play golf. I thought, I thought you were going to go there. I figured you'd be there. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. It's exactly what it's like. I'm a hockey player, but I'm here to play golf today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, from U-School's work with uh, Veteran Transition, one of the things I've observed, having not served the military myself, that it's, it's what you're saying. It's uh, identity changes. Um, uh, we've been saying lately that the military... So we'll, we'll answer some core life questions for people and uh, for, good, for very good reasons. So we're going to tell you, we're going to tell you when you're in the military what to believe. And we're going to tell you who you're supposed to be. We're going to tell you what the mission is. We're going to tell you what your job is and how to contribute. We're going we're gonna to provide a structure of belonging and a structure for life. And, and upon uh, transition, separation, it's all that stuff really disintegrates. Um, from what I've been hearing, it's you have to now answer those questions for yourself in such a disorienting season of life. So it sounds like you're still kind of in that. Yeah, no, it, it is. And to be honest, it's lonely. You, your, your support group for 10 years for May, for some guys, it's 30 years. You've, you've built your network in a community that is so exclusive to the outside world. They, you live in a bubble of your network and your closest friends and you don't let anyone in that network. Yeah. And then now you're supposed to open that network up and you don't have one. Yeah. You know, military, military members have, you know, incredible skill sets and they can do all the things everyone else can do. They have no friends outside that can help them. Hmm. And not just help them find a job. That's, that's one piece, but yeah. Who, who's going to, who's going to sit and talk with you yeah. after work, you know, grabbing a drink. Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't have that anymore. And it, it really is lonely. You, so you have to, you have to find those people and, um, and kind of rebuild that network. And it, it's tough to talk with people who don't, who haven't mm -hmm. been there. They don't understand it. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing that you found to be helpful? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to have some other, other Navy guys at my company and nearby who I've been able to, to rap with uh, after work or on the phone. And hmm. you know, it seems like all of us have the exact same problems. Hmm. And it feels so good to talk to those guys because, you know, you, you realize, oh, I'm not alone. It's, it, mm -hmm. it's uh, crazy. The, the, str the struggle is real mm -hmm. and, and everyone's experiencing it in their, in their own way. Huh. Um, I know you're starting a new nonprofit and I think, I know people would be, especially today, interested to hear what it is. Um, so tell us about what it is. And I'm really curious about how you stumbled upon both the idea, but also, um, also I guess your heart being wrapped up in this idea. 
Yes, uh, really excited about this. We started a nonprofit um, called Operation School Shield, and we utilize the Special Operations Veteran Network to provide threat assessments, consultation, and training to schools, specifically public schools, uh, but some private and charter as well, at, at no cost to the school. Hmm. So we go in with our team of uh, hired and, and, and contract hired vets, and we provide, uh, we act as a, as a platform for consulting, uh, threat assessments, and then find, finding training for these schools. Hmm. The idea came uh, a conversation I was having with, uh, with some of my friends and my wife and basically asking this, this huge problem of school shootings. And we have the special operation vets have these incredible skill sets that pretty much go dormant once you leave the military. Hmm. You go to a, a financial job and that's your new life. You don't, yeah. you don't ever provide this tactical training you have. So what was a way that we could provide this knowledge base to, to the masses and, and, and help out? So the dual value proposition is, is protecting schools, protecting children, mm-hmm. and also providing vets with purpose uh, through service to their communities. Yeah. Well, where are you at in the process? So we, we've, we've officially launched our... Uh, our entity and we we've hired a CEO as well as uh, director of marketing. And we've been in contact with a number of schools in the area. Our, our, our target is Los Angeles, Southern California, San Diego for, for the, the meantime. And we're just going to take it one school at a time. What? So, so it's, it's fascinating to me because it hasn't been that long since you've been out of, out of the Navy and in a season of disorientation uh, and transition, you've, you've found like kind of the next thing. Is that, um, is that rare? I mean, uh, from your friends who've transitioned out of the teams, has that, are you, are you unique in that way? Or are you just kind of, everyone finds something eventually? I, I don't know if it's unique. I, I, think, I think what was unique about it was not the idea, but the opportunity. I think there's a lot of great veterans, uh, great ideas from veterans out there. Hmm. The, the problem is the opportunity to realize that. So for, for me, the opportunity was having a company that allowed me to, to incubate this hmm. and being, being in school, uh, my, my MBA program at UC San Diego, having, having these resources to pull from, yeah. to, to practice this, to, to write up my business plan, to, get get funding secured from from donors and our company you know so graciously provided us huh. uh, with almost everything we needed so you know the idea was a little bit a part of that but but that opportunity was i, I would call that rare yeah 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 what's well, how do you understand mission now uh as as a as a veteran as a civilian what's what's your concept of mission for me yeah I I really think that mission is giving back to others in whatever capacity you can. 
So for me, you know, I don't have millions of dollars, so I can't donate that to charity. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to. What I do have is years of training and experience in this particular skill set. Yeah. And so do a number of my friends, and we can give that back huh. and help our communities in, in, in a small but significant way. What's that, what's that doing for you? It's, it's giving me a purpose that I haven't had in years. Huh. Mm -hmm. We've been, we've had the opportunity to partner with uh, team Rubicon big veteran organization. If, if yeah. uh, you're listening and don't know about it, look them up team Rubicon USA. And uh, that's, that's their, it's the same conversation that I hear from them. The same story. It's hey veterans. Uh, it's so crucial. So important you to rediscover purpose for you to give back to get involved and it's as part i hear them say to leverage the skills and skill set and background you have but it's also it's also just like a story that needs to be told to everybody and you mentioned millennials earlier we're not going to pick on them that's for a different show but <laughs> this idea that um that everybody needs to do that in order for life to work well whatever your orientation is your framework your worldview your religion whatever it is there's just this common sense of find something to give yourself away to for the sake of others, for the benefit of others. And it helps organize, it helps organize life, helps you come alive, feel meaning, helps you find people to do life with. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head with that. It, it changes your entire outlook on life, having that purpose. Um, you know, whatever motivates you it, for everyone, it's going to be different, but whatever yeah. motivates you, if, if, if you're not doing that, you'll, you'll never be happy. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to find this, this project that, that is really, you know, it's, it's going to make a big difference in, in the communities, but you know, for me, it's making a huge difference in, in my own life and, and my own outlook and my transition from the military. What are you're you're in a new season? Obviously, you haven't you haven't done this before. You haven't started a nonprofit before. You haven't engaged in school systems before. Like, what uh, what are you learning? What are you surprised by? Uh, every day I'm learning. <laughs> I I went to I went to business school and thought I knew everything there was to know about <laughs> starting a business. And maybe I I don't want to take anything away from the school. It's most yeah. likely that I wasn't paying attention to class. <laughs> Uh, very, very common to me, but I, I, just every day you, you talk to a principal and you, you realize the bureaucracy they're fighting. You, mm. you talk to a teacher and you realize the, the concerns they have, mm. um, you know, even talking with donors and challenges of, of timing of, of money and everything down to, to payroll and insurance. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, mm -hmm. you know, the intention is out there. The, the intention can be great, but if you, if you can't follow it up, yeah, it just, it doesn't get off the ground. So this idea it's, it's taken months to get where it is and it's still not where we want it. So it's yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a grind. I have a feeling based on who you are and the community you come from, you're the kind of guy that's going to figure it out. You're the kind of guy that's going to grind it through. Thank you. I, I, I hope so. We've got, we've got a good team and they, they know what they're doing and they're well-trained and 
I, I think together we're gonna we're gonna make great things happen. Last couple of questions. We there there are veterans that listen to this. There are school leaders who listen to this. So on both sides, if someone's interested, learning more, perhaps getting involved, uh, giving, donating, serving, what should they do? You can reach out uh, on our website, operationschoolshield.org. Uh, we have a contact list as well as uh, th through email. But really, we're looking for any assistance, whether that be district leaders who want to have a conversation to principals, all the way to people who want to donate or, or might want to donate down the road. We're, we're really looking for help. This is, this is a community, a uh, society issue. And we're expecting to solve this with the help of society. So we can't do this alone. We have a, we have a small team, small amount of resources, and, mm -hmm. and we need all, all the help we can get. Gosh, no time like the present. So um, I feel the urgency for what you guys are doing for sure. I hope other people jump in on that. Yeah, thank you. What, um, last question. This is, I guess, picking your brain, what's on your mind these days. But if there's a veteran listening to this, what – What's your word of advice, wisdom, encouragement for them? Veteran transitioning, I would say hang on. Just hang <laughs> on. Every, every day is a roller coaster in transition. For, for veterans who are looking for that, uh, that purpose, that next step, Hmm. just just keep trying keep going because some days are the worst days of your life and some days you're you know happier than you've ever been so um don't forget that and and i would also say you're not alone hmm. there are there are so many of us out there who are in the same exact position and and there are a ton of resources for us so never to all the veterans i would say never feel like you're alone out there yeah yeah so veterans listening, um, definitely encourage you to check out Operation School Shield. Check out Team Rubicon. Uh, as a reminder, we have a customized program for veterans, whether you're in transition or it's been a while, um, to help you think through the big issues, the big questions, the big uh, identity problems, trying to find purpose again, reestablishing belonging and community and friendships. So check that out on our website, theuschool.com. And uh, Mike, thanks again for being a part of the show, being a part of the, the U-School world, and uh, uh, good luck. Good luck in the new endeavor. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate uh, you having me on here. See you guys. Thank you for tuning into the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story. <laughs>